Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hello, Dan. Yeah, all good over this way. Um, It's been quite a hectic few days of football, really, when you think back. Uh, European finals, uh, semi-finals, sorry, Uh, playoffs, the big Premier League weekend last weekend that we've had, Um, and then a bit of a lull probably for a couple of days, uh, as we all wait for the upcoming unbelievable weekend of football we've got um, obviously absolutely delighted from a personal point of view that Barnsley made it to Wembley uh, got my tickets sorted on Monday hotels booked and I'm, I'm very nervously looking forward to it um, excited about the final day of the Premier League season two a big focus on the bottom and we'll see who ends up in the championship and who Barnsley could potentially be playing if everything goes to plan on Monday there you go he's thinking ahead already and last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown Jamie are you glad the season is almost over yeah, well, look, at least one of us is, is happy on this show about how our team's doing. Um, yes, obviously, as a Spurs fan, delighted that this uh, this very painful season is uh, finally joined to a close. Obviously, just one more game for Spurs. But yeah, obviously, as a football fan, um, yes, yeah, you know, disappointed and glad that the season is coming to an end. But look, still plenty of, of, of big action to come. Obviously, the FA Cup final, Champions League final, you've got all the playoff finals as well. So, um, you know, as much as it is coming to an end, uh, lots of exciting football to look forward to. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it on this show. We certainly will. But that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's start with three trips to Wembley, as the playoff finals are taking place this weekend. First up, we head to the Championship, as Coventry take on Luton. Craig, it's fifth versus third in the regular table. Will that matter on Saturday? How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I think this is the first of three playoff finals that are going to be incredibly tight. And I would say that from a betting point of view, no team out of the six are odds on to win in 90 minutes. Um, and every single one of the outsiders have got a, a strong reason to fancy their chances. Um, in terms of the championship playoff final, I like Luton. Um, personally, would love to see them win as well, just just because this Luton team is full of ex-Barnsley players. Um, I thought they really imposed themselves on Sunderland. And, and to be honest, I thought that second leg was was quite an easy game for them. I thought they were comfortably the better team and, and fully deserved to get through. But having said all of that, Wembley's a completely different task for Luton. Um, it's a big pitch. There's less of an intimidating atmosphere. And I think Coventry will be able to cope with the, the aerial threat that Luton pose better than what Sunderland did. A patched-up Sunderland defence as well, let's not forget that. Um, I think it's worth noting when you're looking at this game, just how good Coventry are defensively. Um, I see Middlesbrough as, as being one of the more sort of free-flowing attacking teams in, in the Championship, and they limited them to three shots on goal across both games. Um, in those games, and then the meeting on the final day, because those two teams also played on the final day of the season, uh, Coventry kept Middlesbrough's XG to below one in every three of those games. Um, I think if they can do that to Borough, why can't they do that to Luton? And that's the question that's in my mind despite fancying Luton. Um, before I give you my pick, just a quick fun fact as well about these two teams. You know, the, these two teams were both promoted together 
from League Two in the 2017-18 season, which feels like two minutes ago. Um, it's so, so soon that they've both gone up the table and both deserve a lot of credit. One of them's playing Premier League football next year. After I've said all of that, I'm, I'm going to go with Luton to win. Um, I don't see much in the way of goals, though, so it'd be Luton to win and under 2.5 goals at 7-2 to two in the hope that they could just somehow nick one past this very, very tough Coventry defence. Well, this is a point I was going to raise with Jamie because when I was a kid, and I'm going back to the 90s, I remember great playoff finals such as Swindon 4, Leicester 3, um, Sunderland 4, Charlton 4, uh, Reading, Bolton, another one, I think that was 3-2 or something crazy. But there was just loads of, just throw everything at the kitchen sink and the, you know just go mad. It didn't really matter about winning or losing. You just wanted to get, you know, just get over the line by hook or by crook. Now it's kind of almost ultra-defensive football. There's too much money at stake. So teams don't want to lose the game. They're just kind of trying to get some penalties and see what happens thereafter. So because of that, Jamie, are you in the same kind of logic as where Craig's going here with an eight winner and under 2.5 goals? Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm going to say now I'm going to probably bottle this and, and not go for a win. I will go for an outcome, though, now in terms of how I think the game will be settled. Um I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I think obviously both teams come into this off a very good run of form. Um, obviously Coventry, they've lost just once uh, in their last 18 matches. Um, obviously overcame a strong Middlesbrough side, obviously winning at the Riverside as well, which was obviously a, an impressive achievement. Um, then of course you look at Luton, just two defeats in 21 for them. So another team that you know have been really solid and you know managed to avoid uh, many defeats. And of course you know, had this really impressive season as well, finishing third in the championship. I think there's been some good teams in that division this year. So to finish third was was definitely a good achievement. So, yeah, I think it's very difficult to separate these two teams. Um, and I think this one, we, one that will go all the way to penalties, actually. Um, so instead of kind of giving a winner, um, I think this game will be decided on penalties um, and you can get that to odds of four to one. That's a good chat, actually. I like that. I mean, I can't remember how many penalties we've had in the last few years, but there's certainly been some player finals that needed spot kicks, and that might be the same on Saturday. But next up, it's League Two, and Stockport square off with Carlisle. Stockport needed penalties themselves to get the better of Salford in the semis. Craig, can they reinforce their current status of favourites at odds of 13-10 to 10 and still promotion in 90 minutes? Yeah, to me, this should be the easiest of the three games to pick, but... What's holding me back from saying that is Stockport are struggling for goals at the minute. And Kyle Wotton, who's their sort of main striker, got injured sometime around April time, I think it was. Um, he'd scored 14 goals in the season prior to getting injured, but he's, he has a lot to do with their link-up player and it, a lot of their attacks go through him. Um, they edge past Salford, but, you know, that they didn't really show the sort of same attacking intent that we'd seen from them go back sort of three or four months. Had Wooten been playing, I would have comfortably picked Stockport to win this. Um, I did think that the winner of Stockport-Salford would be the winner and would go up. Um, I think they're both sort of better than Carlisle and Bradford for me. So what I'm actually going to do is go with the same bet as the first game, and that's Stockport to win and under 2.5 goals. This time around, it's 3-1. to one. Um, Just because I'm not so sure that Stockport can score more than two goals here. Um in the sort of current makeup of the team. So if Carlisle do score, I think this bet's down. Um, just one final point to mention as well on the game. Uh, ben Barkley, who's, who scored the extra time winner for Carlisle in the game against Bradford last week, um, he's unable to play in this game because actually he's on loan from Stockport, uh, which is a bizarre twist. And I'm probably, I doubt we've ever seen something like this before because usually sides in the playoffs, are, the team's expected to be at the top and, and don't loan players to each other. But yeah, he, he scores the winner in extra time to get Carlisle to Wembley. 
and then sadly can't play in the final. But yeah, in terms of Vettis, uh, Stockport to win under 2.5, to 1. Very tight affair, just because Stockport haven't really got their attacking intent there, uh, but I still think they'll nick it. Okay then, Jamie. Craig's alluding to a tight affair in this League 2 playoff final. With that in mind, you can also have Carlisle at 11-10 to 10 to earn promotion, so that will give you extra time and penalties if need be. Is that a bet that offers value to you? Um, look, I'm going to go with Craig here, and I do think that Stockport will advance and, and, and win this game. Um, obviously, looking at head to head of these two teams this season, Stockport, they've already got the better of Carlisle earlier this season. And they won 2-0 back in October. Obviously, the two teams played in April uh, recently. Obviously, a tool draw there. Um, but look, Stockport, they're kind of going to this one with a bit more momentum. Um, you know, it's just one defeat in 15 for them. Meanwhile, you look at Carlisle, they've kind of almost struggled to get over the line just about, obviously, into the playoffs. Uh, it's just three wins in their last 13 matches. So, you know, you look at the head-to-head of these two teams, you look at the form coming into this one, you know, the momentum certainly seems to be with Stockport. Um, and so I'm going to also go with Stockport to, to come out on top here. Now, it's the one we've all been waiting for. It's the League One playoff final between Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday. So, Craig, are you all primed and ready for the trip to Wembley? Yeah, I am. I'm ready and, and I'm counting down the hours. Um, it's, a, it's an absolutely massive long weekend for us, actually, because we're at a wedding on Saturday. So I'm leaving my house for Wembley, essentially, on Friday night. Um, we've got the wedding hotel booked and then the wedding on Saturday night booked in there. Travelling down to Stevenage on Sunday, where we're staying overnight, and then getting a short train ride to London on Monday for the game. Um, I, I'm desperately sort of trying to play down the game in my head. And I don't expect us to win for reasons that we'll get to in a second. Um, but the overriding positive is I get to take my lad to Wembley for his first experience. And, and he's not stopped talking about it since since the car ride home on, on Friday, nights, uh, Friday night after the game against Bolton. Um, I got his tickets on Monday. Barnsley have sold 20,000 as of Tuesday afternoon, uh, which won't be as much as Sheffield Wednesday. They'll sell out there and, and, and ask for more probably. But ultimately, we're a, we're a small town. Uh, we're a little town of very hard-working, working-class people. And times are hard financially, you know, for many people. So we average 12,000 at home. Um, so it's a great effort, which will probably end up being sort of somewhere between 25 and 30,000. Uh, and, and I can't wait to be there, even if I am very nervous. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds exciting from a neutral's point of view. I mean, I know Jamie's kind of harnessed the League One promotion race as well. So you, like everyone else, would have witnessed the most incredible of comebacks by Chevrolet Wednesday mm-hmm. last week. When they were two, maybe three nil up, were you looking at the game thinking, do you know what, they're going to do it? Or did you still look at it at that score and think the pot are going to have enough? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of talk going into that one. 3 0 down, obviously, on social media. I've seen several Wednesday fans kind of ripping up their tickets and stuff. And um, yeah, it was just kind of an, an absolutely gripping game when you heard that they were 1 0 up. That's when I switched on. Obviously, it then went to 2 0, and you're thinking, wow, something, something could happen here. And you just felt like the momentum was really with them. Um, so I, I think what will be crucial here is. I just wonder how much, how much mentally draining that was for them. Obviously, it was you know real kind of back and forth game. Obviously, they went three 0 up. Obviously, late on as well, um, and then I think as well to go behind in extra time and then have to come from from obviously from behind to win on penalties as well was was uh, you know I think that that could potentially play a, a factor in the final in terms of you know will a bit another big occasion at um, at Wembley. Um, you know, obviously having had that that incredible game on Wednesday, you know, will this kind of take the toll? And, uh, you know, 
I, I think that could play a factor in the final. So, um, yeah, look, obviously we saw the way that Barnsley kind of controlled both the games. I thought in the end, Barnsley did look quite comfortable in, in, in trying to win in their tie. So, um, obviously, both teams have kind of had to do it in very different ways. And uh, I think that's why I would just about give Barnsley the edge here, just because I think that Sheffield Wednesday is so mentally draining how they had to get to that final. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, though. OK, let's look at the betting angles for the game itself. Craig, like last week, if you can try and take the emotion out of the occasion, what is the best bet that you're looking to place, if you are, of course, before the game? Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak too much without emotion, um, but but I'll try my best. Um, my, my gut tells me that Sheffield Wednesday beat us. Uh, and from that angle, I think about, I know Jamie said about mentally draining, but I also think about the high in that dressing room after the win over Peterborough. I think about the high on the training ground the day after or two days after, whenever they got back in. That's got absolutely nothing to do with Barnsley, but the buzz around that club, um, to me, if I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan watching that performance on Thursday and watching how it unfolded, I'm thinking it's written in the stars for us. We're going back up. It's finally happening. So I worry from that angle. Um, to me, from a Barnsley perspective, without trying to be too emotional. There's two positives to hold on to for us. Um, the first being the head-to-head this season. So, Barnsley won 2-0 at Hillsborough back in September. The only team to win at Hillsborough this season. They followed that up with a 4-2 win at Oakwell in March. Um, again, so, so doing the double over Sheffield Wednesday. It's not something that happens very often. But as much as I want to say Barnsley don't beat Sheffield Wednesday three times in the same season, you know, if you've beaten them twice, why not beat them a third time? Um, the second thing, and to me, the biggest factor here is going to be how Sheffield Wednesday cope with pressure. Um, whenever they've been under pressure, they've, they've really not played well at all. And when they've been able to sort of play carefree, relaxed football, they've been far, far better. Um, they went on a long unbeaten run and their biggest chance to lose that was at Oakwell when they came in March. Um, the pressure was on Sheffield Wednesday then. Everyone saw that as a game where if they won and kept, or even if they just got a point and kept their unbeaten run going, they would get automatically promoted this season. And they didn't. They came and lost. Um, the game after that, the following week, they were away at Forest Green. And I remember it well. It were on TV. And they went down to Forest Green and lost 1-0. And, and that was sort of their way of just getting back into the swing of things and showing they'd not lost it. But they didn't. Um, numerous other games came up in that run where they were seen as sort of must-win to make sure they were still in control of the automatic push. And they lost those as well. Or they were picking up... Points where, like, I think they drew it home to, for example, Accrington Stanley. I'm, I'm sure they drew it home with Accrington. You know, that that's a, a bad point. Without disrespecting Accrington Stanley too much, for a team at the top of the league, that's a bad point to take. Um, the first playoff game, you know, there's a lot of pressure going down to Peterborough. They, they were poor and they lost. Um, if you compare that to the end of the season when they cruised into the playoffs with nothing to play for, they looked impressive again in the second leg, you know, their best play all came in the first half when they got zero pressure on. Nobody thought they could do it. And even in the second half, I still think there was quite an air of, of like not being able to do this around Hillsborough. And so they could just play the carefree football attack and give it a go. And, and they did, and they got back into it. I would say the only time they had pressure on them in that second leg was actually an extra time. And they conceded first. They, they let Peterborough back in the game. Um, I suppose that's all the emotional side out of it and onto the sensible stuff now. And, as I say, I do think Sheffield Wednesday are the most likely winners of the game. But to me, it's it's a genuine 50-50. So if you're betting on the game, either 12-5 to 5 on Barnsley to win 
or 12 to 5 on the draw after 90 minutes uh, and this going to extra time and, and maybe even penalties um, would seem to offer the best value and I'll round off just with one thing since as I've mentioned the P word uh, penalties so Barnsley have had three penalties in all competitions all season Wow! Um, and just, just one of those came in the league uh, which was a few weeks ago at Forest Green. Two of the takers, the two t- t- two penalties down in the cup, those two penalty takers are not even at the club anymore. So the only Barnsley player to have taken a penalty in public this season is Adam Phillips. And to be honest, he probably only took it because others weren't on the field. And if we do go the distance to penalties, he's probably already ran his race and been subbed off by then anyway. So in terms of what Sheffield Wednesday know about Barnsley penalty takers, there's nothing to go on at all. The best case is they've seen one penalty from one player um, who I'd bet on not being on the pitch by the time we got to penalties anyway. So if we do get to penalties, uh, Sheffield Wednesday know nothing about Barnsley. Maybe that can be seen as a positive. Well, I guess that might change everything in terms of your view, Jamie. I mean, mm. I know Craig's made a good point about the momentum. I think that's something I'm leading into as well, that Sheffield Wednesday are going to be so boosted by that win over Peterborough that that's the kind of the launching pad for Wembley. However, there's also the caveat that their best football has come at Hillsborough, those golden moments, that being mm-hmm. Peterborough and also beating Newcastle in the FA Cup as well earlier in the season. Yeah. So take them away from Hillsborough, they're not the same beast. So does yeah. that kind of change your approach to your bet? No, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to stick with Barnsley here and say exactly what I said um, in terms of, I think that potentially works the other way in terms of maybe they have peaked here and, uh, you know, such a high that it's now difficult to go and get, you know, go again. And obviously having been through extra time as well, you know, that would have been physically draining as well. So I think, you know, as I said, both mentally and physically draining, um, I, I just think that that might have been a game where they peaked. I mean, from a personal example, obviously, you know, Spurs, when we got to the Champions League final, we had that incredible high of, you know, dramatically beating Ajax. And then it just felt in the final, it was just, you know, you know, that semi-final was almost like we peaked. And uh, I, I think this could work almost the same. So um, I think this is going to be a very closely contested battle. Um, but I think eventually, you know, maybe a bit of fatigue. And as I said, that mental mental fatigue as well for, for Sheffield Wednesday might tell. So I'm going to go for Barnsley to kind of win this one and, and do so in extra time. Uh, it's a very big 16 to 1 for that to happen. So, um, you know, if you do kind of like my logic, obviously, it's a, a nice one to back there. But uh, yeah, that, that's just how I think it will work. I think that, uh, you know, they've been through a lot now, Sheffield United. They've had that real high and uh, it's going to be div- it's going to be difficult for them to go again. Um, so that's how I see the game playing out. Well, it's just to, ju- sorry, just to jump in and just to add a little bit of, of sort of substance to Jamie's logic there. One thing I've not mentioned, Sheffield Wednesday have got, have got a lot of experience on the pitch. I think something like they played 2,000 more league games than Barnsley, but that experience counts for something. But when you get mm-hmm. into extra time, you'd have to wonder how much the young legs of Barnsley start counting. Um, I think if you take out James Norwood, who didn't play, in either of the two legs, Barnsley's oldest player on, on the field who started the game was, was Devante Cole, who was 27 year old. Um, mm. But in the middle of midfield, like Luke Connell's 21, Herbie Kane, I think he's, he's got an airline that looks like he's 50, but he's only <laughs> actually 22 or 23. Um, I think Adam Phillips is 23. The subs that come on, Josh Benson will no, no doubt appear at some point. I think he's 21. You know, they've got a lot of young legs where mm. you can say experience counts for something, but if, if, like Jamie, you believe it goes to extra time, you just wonder how much those young legs on the big Wembley pitch can uh, can aid Barnsley. Mm. 
Right, that's all the playoff chat. I'm excited. I don't know about you listeners, but I'm primed for the weekend now. We've gone through all of that. It's time to go bet building once again because it's the Premier League. It's high stakes as European football is concerned. It's Aston Villa versus Brighton on Sunday. We're going to look to construct another winner for the final time this season. Craig, as always, I like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, in a game that I think there's going to be plenty of goals, I'm going to go with Ollie Watkins to score any time at 11-8. to 8, uh, The Aston Villa striker. He's not scored in his last six games, so it's probably fair to say that he's due one. Um, we've seen him deployed as more of a, an out-and-out striker down the middle under Unai Emery, and I think that's something that's really helped him, but also helped Villa as well. I think he's involved in a lot of their attacking play, and I think Villa have learned to play well around him. Um, he's settled into that role well, rather than being sort of stuck out wide and experimenting with things. And I just think that it's a big game for Villa, and I think he's going to pop up and score a big goal for them. So, yeah, it's Ollie Watkins for me at 11-8. Solid shout, Jamie. I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, look, I agree. Lots of goals. I'm going to go for over 2.5. Um, obviously, Villa, I think here we're pushing for the win. Um, obviously, they know that, for me personally, I do think that Spurs will probably lose at Leeds, but I think that they'll be wanting here, Villa, to, to make sure they do get the three points and, and get over that line um, in the race for Europe. So they're going to be pushing for the win. That obviously might leave them a little bit open as well. So, uh, yeah, I can see lots of goals here. And uh, I'm going to go for over 2.5. Fantastic. That makes my pick much easier because I'm going to go a bit rogue to end the season. I'm also going to go for an anytime goal scorer pick. I haven't done this one before, but I'm going to go for Evan Ferguson. The Irish forward has certainly come of age across the campaign as a whole, and it's no surprise that the Big Six are now monitoring his talents with further interest. The 18-year-old scored a brace at home to Southampton recently, and I fancy him to also get on the score sheet on Sunday in what should be a rather interesting encounter at Villa Park. OK, then, let's just recap our three picks. So Craig has gone for Ollie Watkins to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 2.5 total goals. And I've gone for Evan Ferguson to score at any time. This one is priced at 13-2 to at the moment, which means £10 on the betting slip, £75 in your back pocket to end the season. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Or actually, we should reference Brighton's game with Manchester City this Wednesday evening. So, Craig, do you think the Seagulls can take advantage of a much-changed starting eleven from the newly crowned champions? How does a home win sound at odds of 3-1? to one? I do to a certain extent, but I'm also not convinced on how much change there'll be in the much-changed team, as you, as you put it. I, I personally think this is where Pep plays the strongest team out of the Chelsea game, this game and Brentford at the weekend. Because I think he'll just want something in the middle to keep players on the right track for the, the two finals they've got coming up. Um, I think he'll still make changes but just maybe not as many as those two games. Um, it's a tight one to call, and I, I do. I have noticed this morning that Brighton are now as short as 11-5 to five to win this game, rather than the 3-1 to one that they were yesterday. Um, I think at 3-1, to one, yeah, take my money, uh, but just over 2-1, to one, I'm not so keen on that. Um, I think one thing to mention here is, imagine if we were all sort of sitting at the start of the season and we were told that Manchester City would be 11-10 to 10 away at Brighton and we'd not be back in it. Um, which probably shows just how far Brighton have come, really. Um, it, it's a really, it's a no bet game for me, at least until the teams are released. But purely to make a pick, I'll go for the draw at fourteen to five here. Uh, I just think that's where the value is. I do think City will make changes, but maybe not as many as they did the other day and as they will on uh, Sunday when they play Brentford. Okay, and Jamie, regardless of the outcome at the Amex, does Brighton already qualify for Europe, playing to Villa's hands on Sunday? Can they yeah. get over the European line with a home win odds of six to five? 
Yeah, I think they will because I actually see, I do see Brighton getting something off Manchester City and obviously that would confirm their place in the Europa League if they were to do so. Um, Villa, I mentioned, they're still very much fighting for a European spot. Um, I mentioned, I do think that uh, Spurs will drop points, but Villa will certainly be going in with the attitude of having to win this game. Um, they've been fantastic at Villa Park recently. They've won all of their last six home games. Um, and, and that's why I do think they will come out on top. I think it'll be a Brighton side who, as I said, will have qualified for Europe. They'll be in the Europa League. So I think they should be fine. Um, and I think regardless of whether they drop points, you know, don't get anything from the City game, I still think they should be OK for Europa League. So, uh, yeah, I think everything kind of points towards Aston Villa winning here. We mentioned it's going to be an exciting game with lots of goals. So uh, uh, I think a Villa win and uh, both teams to score at 12-5 uh, to 5, um, would be my pick here. Okay then, Craig, if you're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see events unfolding at Villa Park? Yeah, I think goals will definitely be part of this, as we've sort of just mentioned in the bet builder and then as Jamie's mentioned with the both teams to score pick. Um, and I think those will be including the first half as well. But despite that, I'm still going to go with the first half draw. I can see this being maybe 1-1 at half-time and Aston Villa kicking on in the second half. Um, so I'll go with a draw at half-time, Villa at full-time, which seems a bit big to me. It's 5-1. to one. Uh, I think that's more than fair odds. OK, Jamie, I'd like to run a Premier League final day bet past you. One I kind of like to do every season, so I'll run it past you. Would you be mm. tempted by every game, all 10, ending in <laughs> over 1.5 total goals, odds of 5-1? to one? So when you consider there's a mix of teams needing results to stay up, or Europe, or whatever you, and then you've got teams who just don't really care with the final day, and it comes a bit like yeah. a supply teacher telling your team what to do. Is that something that you'd be interested in? I, I, I think that it's not quite worth the risk. Um, I think a lot of these games you can definitely see, you know, over two, you know, over two goals being scored, scored in most of them. Um, it's just kind of some of the dead rubbers where I just wonder where both the teams, you know, are not going to be particularly bothered about going for the win, and I think it will lead for low-scoring matches. I, I look at the likes of Palace versus Forest, Man United, Fulham. I think Chelsea, Newcastle as well. Obviously, two teams that have been quite defensively solid. Um, so I, I think there are some games there where there, there's not anything on the line. I don't think either side are really going to be pushing for, for going for the win. So um, I would just about avoid this bet, but uh, it is quite a good fun one. OK, then I can't tempt you with that. Hopefully I can tempt you with our long shot Acker because you go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. But first, we need to give ourselves the biggest pat on the back of all time. It's only taken us 71 episodes to bag a winner, but we've finally done it. Huge shouts to Craig and Jamie as their Nottingham Forest and Brentford picks did the job. And then we had a slightly nervous wait for Real Sociedad to get over the line. Thankfully, they did though at the Camp Nou and we were 99 to 1 better off. Also, a big shout to IWinBaby15 on Twitter because he tweeted me to say after listening to our show, he put $15 on our treble and he's now $1,500 better off. Which means it's time to do it all over again. Craig, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace to beat Nottingham Forest and both teams to score in that game, which is available at 11-5. to 5. Um, It's a game with nothing at stake, which is always a slight risk, but I really like Crystal Palace to win this one. Um, they've kept playing well for Roy Hodgson at a time when they've had nothing to play for for the past few weeks. And I just get the feeling they're going to send him off with a win to end what's been a very impressive return to keep them in the Premier League. Um, to boost the odds... Forest sort of struggle defensively, but have been scoring recently, sort of fighting for the lives and keeping in the Premier League, which they've now sort of achieved. Um, they've scored in every one of their last six games. I think they'll come here with a very carefree, sort of celebratory approach, a nice end to the season. And I think while that will be enough for them to actually lose the game, I do think they'll just get a goal from somewhere. I can see Palace winning, but maybe sort of 2-1, 3-1, something like that. So it's 
Palace to beat Forest and both teams to score for me. Okay then, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to back Brentford again, obviously. I picked them last week to beat Spurs. They did so. Um, but this week, they obviously face a, a, a much tougher challenge in, in Manchester City. Um, but I, I think they can overcome it. They're 7-2 to win this one. Um, they're coming to this one. Fantastic form, obviously. Got that win against Spurs. That's made it four wins from the last five. Um, they face a Manchester City side who we all know kind of looking ahead to other games now. They've got the league title in the bag. Um, obviously, we're in, they're going to be involved in midweek action. And then, as I said, looking ahead to those two other cup finals. So I think their eye will be off the ball a bit here. Um, and I think Brentford have just been fantastic this season, as I mentioned. And I think they can take advantage of a City side who are going to rest players. They've lost just twice at home all season. Uh, they've won nine of their 18 matches. And uh, as I said, I do think they'll make it 10 wins at home all this season on a Sunday uh, with a win over Man City at 7-2. to two. Now, I'm off to Serie A as Juventus play host to AC Milan and it's all changing Turin as the old lady had 15 points restored as now had 10 points deducted. So once again, the drama which is Juventus continues, but that means it's bad news for Max Allegri's men, but fantastic news for Stefano Pioli's because with Milan now boosted back up to fourth in the table, they are in touching distance once again of a Champions League return next season. A massive boost for the red and black half of the San Siro. And I think their top four hopes will be boosted even further against the now defeated Juventus with a hugely important away win at odds of 21 to 10. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now. And it's the battle to beat the drop. So if we work backwards from the team in most danger, Craig, we said last week that there's no genuine reason to back Spurs but could Leeds' defence offer Spurs the slight hope with an away win out of 29-20? to 20? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game for, for people looking at having a bet at the weekend because this is one of the few games with something at stake. But at the same time I say that, I would also say that there's probably many people listening to this podcast who would in no way want to back Tottenham at all, given how they've played recently, and would also in no way want to back Leeds, given how they've played recently. Um, I can't have both, to be honest, really. Uh, let's focus on Leeds for a second and personally thought that their second half performance at West Ham last week was absolutely dreadful for a, for a team in the relegation zone. Um, no intent to get forward and try and score. No desire to get three points from the game. And in the end, they just sort of disappointingly faded away after going ahead early and, and what should have been a real boost for them. And um, They look beaten already. There's little fight. But, you know, you say all of that about Leeds and I'll respond to the other side and how on earth can you back Tottenham at the minute? Um, I watched the Tottenham game on, on Saturday and personally I thought they should have probably been like two or three up at half-time against Brentford. But as soon as Brentford came out in the second half and started to play better, uh, Tottenham absolutely collapsed. Um, I think sort of without giving too much away about where we're going for the next couple of games, I'm going to take Leeds to win this at 17-10, to 10, but to still be relegated. Um, I'm not confident putting money on Leeds, but I just I wonder if the difference in who wins this game is going to be the Ellen Road crowd. And they go and give the, their team one last push and somehow they get them through and not over the line in terms of staying up, but over the line in terms of winning this game. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very tentatively dropping on Leeds to win this one. OK, and Jamie, we all know it's win or bust for Leeds at Ellen Road. Spurs' defence is not much to shout about in recent weeks. It's nothing to shout about, really, let's be honest. So, would you be tempted by a dramatic home win and both teams scoring or to 7-2? to two? Yeah, look, I'm, firstly, I'm going to back Leeds with a lot more conviction here. Um, I think that Spurs come into this one absolutely shot of confidence. Um, it's a game that I kind of 
for many weeks and even a couple of months, I've been looking at, looking at as that final game of the season, whether Spurs might have something to play for. Um, and I felt that that's be a game that we lose because Leeds were always going to be a side that we're going to be fighting for everything uh, to stay up. And uh, I think at Ellen Road, I just think that's why Leeds will have the the edge here. And um, look, as you said, both teams are score. I do think that that's the way to go. Obviously, two teams with very open defences. Um, uh, I think, as I said, Spurs coming to this one, five defeats in the last seven matches. Um, uh, Leeds as well, obviously fairly decent at home. Uh, lost just twice in the last seven matches at Ellen Road, and uh, I think they can definitely get some in here. Obviously, we saw in their last outing there, they got, managed to earn that tall draw, and uh, I think the Ellen Road crowd will, will play a big part here, um, and I think they will get over the line, get the win, um, and I do like that, like the look of both teams to score as well. So uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a bet I'd be looking to take. Okay, then of course it's also win or bust for Leicester as they play host to West Ham. Craig, you would imagine the Hammers will change the troops before their Europa Conference League final. Does this mean the Foxes, to win at odds of 19-20, to 20, is worth the risk before Sunday? Yeah, I, I definitely think you've hit the nail on the head here, Dan. I think it is. It's sort of a bit of guesswork involved in it, but I think in my head, what I'm trying to answer here is, can, West, can Leicester beat West Ham when West Ham are resting three or four key players? And, and I think the answer to that is yes. Um I think it'll be. I think it's a very good game for Leicester to end on. West Ham have got nothing to play for, but then the added bonus for Leicester is that West Ham have got the big Europa Conference League final sort of on the horizon. Um, so I'm going to take Leicester to win this one. They do need to be a hell of a lot more attacking than how they set up away at Newcastle, and that did get them a point. But obviously they they need more than a point here. Um, so I, I'm expecting to see a lot more from Leicester going forward. I think they'll do enough, um, but again, I'm sort of happily make them the, the second relegation battler to win at the weekend alongside Leeds. Um, whether it's enough to stay up remains to be seen. Of course, Jamie, Leicester were much changed themselves on Monday. Perhaps the right reasons when you see they've got a point at St James's Park. But when you're looking at the anytime goal scorer market, considering who could start, West Ham's changes as well, it might be quite difficult to pick a player, but that's not my job, it's your job. So who are you going for? <laughs> Um, do you know what? I do think Leicester will come out on top here because obviously they've got very much something to fight for. Um, I think West Ham, probably a different team at the London Stadium and that's why they obviously got that win at the weekend. Um, they're going to have their eyes on the Europa League Conference Final um, and uh, that's why I think Leicester will get their job done in terms of trying to trying to stay up and, and winning here. Uh, don't think it's going to be enough. Um, in terms of a goal scorer, I'm going to go for James Madison. I think this is probably going to be his final game um, at the King Power. Obviously, he's going to want to make a big impression. He's going to want to try and do everything he can to keep Leicester in the Premier League. Obviously, a club that's done quite a lot for him. Uh, so he's going to be very motivated with this one. And uh, he's 15-8 to 8 to score any time. And uh, yeah, I just think, obviously, a fantastic player. And uh, I think he'll want to end with the goal. And it's Everton who have their destiny in their own hands. So they welcome a Bournemouth side that is on the beach and a home win is just four to nine. So Craig, not a lot of value when you consider the tension behind the fixture. Are you going with that or have you got another bet that you can tempt the listeners with? Yeah, there's there's no value in the winner market at all. But I do think that this, uh, this Everton team will make it three out of three when it comes to relegation threatened teams winning. I think there's far worse bets on Sunday than to just put Leeds, Leicester and Everton, the three teams battling for survival into a treble and have them all winning. Um, Everton have got it all in their hands, as you say, win and they survive, and I do think they will. I think it'll be a very tight game. I think it'll be very nervy. Um, I think the bet that I've looked at here is Everton to win to nil, which is 6-4. to four. I can just see them getting ahead and just holding on for their lives, um, ultimately doing enough to survive in the Premier League. I think if you look at the three teams, you look at what they've got to do, 
I think Everton, with Sean Dyche in charge, have got the ideal manager to go out there, sort of take away the pressure of what's happening elsewhere, focus on their game alone, and do enough somehow, and I don't expect it to be very pretty at all, um, but just do enough to get three points and stay up. He knows the score, he knows what's needed. I think he's going to set this Everton team up accordingly, and they'll grind it out and get over the line. Now, Jamie, we love some final day Premier League drama on this show. There's no reason why it cannot come from Goodison Park. Bournemouth, in fairness, could finish 13th in the table. And with that in mind, they'd earn some additional prize money for their own summer transfer kitty. So, would you back the away win at 13-2 to to boost your own betting account? Um, I'm not going to back Bournemouth here. I think, as we mentioned, you know, very much a team that are on the beach. Um, obviously, we like using that phrase, but certainly with Bournemouth, that, that, that applies. Obviously, it's three straight defeats. For the Cherries, obviously a team that have very, you know, had a fantastic season in terms of staying up. Obviously, everyone had kind of written them off. I think Gary O'Neill's done a fantastic job there to keep them up. But um, since they have managed to secure safety, um, they have been really poor. Um, and uh, I think with Everton team, Goodison Park, fighting with Everton to kind of win this one, uh, I, I think they get the job done. And as Craig mentioned, I think all three of those teams fighting for safety, Leicester, um, Leeds and Everton, I think they can all get wins here. Obviously, that would mean that Everton are safe. And uh, yeah, I, I do like the look of all, t- all three teams winning here. OK, then we also need to travel to Germany quickly as it's the final day of the Bundesliga season on Saturday. Craig, Borussia Dortmund have won each of their last 11 home league outings. They face Mainz on Saturday, also at home. They're 2-11 to win that match at the moment. It's far too short a price to be interested in terms of a bet. But that aside, do you reckon they'll get over the title line? Yeah, I definitely think they're going to get the job done here. Um, so... Dortmund went into the final three or four games still in the title race in some capacity. I think that would have been an achievement and an improvement on what's happened over the past few years. Um, to get in it still on the final day, that, that's a massive achievement for them. But not only that, they've actually got it in their hands. And, you know, this is, this is the ideal scenario for any team, really, around Europe trying to win any league. Um, the scenario they've got is one that they would have wanted. Main to mid-table. They've got nothing to play for and they come here on the back of four defeats in a row. Um, as you say, it's not a betting price, but yeah, Dortmund to finally end the Bayern run and win the title for me as a sort of swan song and farewell for Jude Bellingham. Now, Jamie, of course, there could be a twist in the tail in Germany as well. Should Dortmund fail to get the better of Mainz, Bayern will be looking to pounce. Mm. They did concede three goals at home to RB Leipzig last weekend. They're yeah. away at Cologne this weekend. So would a win to nil on the road, odds of 74, be too much of a gamble for you? Yeah, I, I just think this one's a bit too much of a risk. I think they face a Cologne side here who um, it's just one defeat in eight for them. Um, so they've really kind of picked up. Bayern as well, not too many signs of, you know, they can come here and keep a clean sheet. They've kept clean sheets in just three of the last 11 matches. Um, obviously a team that have kind of been really disappointing under Thomas Tuchel. It's been a really strange decision. I mean, look, you can kind of argue that Thomas Tuchel is a fantastic coach. Obviously, he, you know, very much looked like he was always destined for one of the very top jobs in Germany. Um, but it just hasn't really worked out for him. And uh, yeah, I think, as I said, faces an FC Cone side who are picking up a little bit. And uh, I think this can be a tricky game for them. I do think they will come out on top, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it to nil. OK, then, before we move on any further, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I wanted to try and end on a big one. Um, so, so I've gone with a game where I just... I think two teams absolutely terrible defensively um, come in absolutely terrible form, but there's a lot to play for. 
So I'm going to go with Leeds to beat Tottenham 3-2, which is 22-1. I can just see loads of drama in this game. Whether it actually has an impact on the relegation battle remains to be seen, but I can just see these two shipping goals left, right and centre. Uh, I do think Leeds will win the game, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was a big win like this. Uh, so 3-2 to Leeds, 22-1. to A big shout there, Jamie. What correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go for another three to of my own here. And I'm going to go for that between Aston Villa and Brighton. Um, obviously, we mentioned there's going to be lots of goals in this one. Um, I think that Villa will come up on top here. So I'm going to go for a 3-2 win for them. Um, I said it's six wins in a row at Villa Park for, for Aston Villa. So, you know, a side that kind of flying at home at the moment, done fantastically well under Unai Emery. I think they will be thoroughly deserving of European football this season. Um, I keep mentioning, you know, they're going to want to make sure they get their job done in terms of securing that spot um, and not want any kind of dramas um, at Ellen Road in terms of Spurs maybe winning. Um, so I think Villa will come out on top and I think it's going to be a, a pretty dramatic game. 3-2 uh, win at 20-1. to Two massive shouts there, but I like the sound of them both. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's pop up some more Premier League headlines now for the final time this season. First up, we go to Stamford Bridge as Chelsea play host to Newcastle. Craig, is this going to be a case of after the Lord Mayor's show for the Magpies? Would you be tempted in backing the Blues to win odds of 19-10? to 10? I mean, firstly, thanks for throwing this game at me. Um, <laughs> what a terrible game to have to talk about, really. In many ways, you know, it's, it's uh, Chelsea are absolutely awful. Um, Newcastle are, are rightfully so partying. Uh, there'll be a big party in that away end on, on Sunday. Nothing else. The score won't matter. The players have got over the line. Job done. Uh, overachieved. You know, th- this is going to be a, a potentially really poor game. Um, I think New Chelsea will be there for the taking. But at the same time, I don't think Newcastle will play good enough to take them, if that makes sense. Um, purely just to pick something for you. And in a state of nothing to play, with neither team really wanting this game as such, I'll go with a draw at 12-5. to 5. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if this game just sort of petered out into an absolutely terrible nil-nil. Um, nothing to play for on either team. And, and not really good enough to, to go out and actually get the win, either of them, really. So, yeah, draw for me. OK, and Jamie, Craig stated his case here. Could it be a game where Newcastle know that they can truly party now, that the top four is secure? Perhaps they were slightly overwhelmed by Monday's occasion. I know... Also had to break down Leicester, but there was a little bit of nerves from time to time, and you could understand why. So now those nerves have been burnt away. Does the away win at odds of thirteen to ten sound more appealing? Yeah, well, look, if I was to pick a winner here, I definitely would go with Newcastle. Obviously, very little to, uh, reason to kind of back Chelsea at the moment. Just one win in the last ten. But uh, look, I'm, I'm certainly with Craig here. I think this is going to be kind of a game that kind of peters out into a draw. I mentioned, you know, in the bet that you offered about the over over one point five in each game. This is maybe the game where I was kind of worried that that wouldn't happen. And uh, I'm also going to go for a draw. Uh, I think it's going to be a nil-nil. I can certainly see, you know, we have seen across the season, these two teams have been pretty defensively solid. Obviously, Chelsea, um, yes, they've been poor this season, but defensively, that's been where they have been their strongest. So, yeah, I think nil-nil is is, is certainly my my bet here. Uh, They can get that at 12-1. to I just think this is going to be a game where... You've got a really poor Chelsea side. You've got a Newcastle team who have done their job. They're into the Champions League. Um, So I don't think either side are going to be particularly up for this one. So, uh, yeah, nil-nil between Chelsea and Newcastle. OK, then let's stay in West London as Brentford play host to Manchester City on Sunday. A win for them and defeats for both Aston Villa and Tottenham would see the Bees in Europe. So, Craig, can Thomas Frank's men do their part of the equation? Odds are 7-2. Yeah, I think they can. It's Brentford for me to win this one. Um, Sort of building on what I mentioned about Manchester City earlier on. I do think that 
Pep Guardiola will play a fairly decent team against Brighton in midweek and then rest everyone as he did last weekend against Brentford. Um, FA Cup, obviously, in mind, and the Champions League final after that. Brentford still have something to play for, as you say. Um, the actual sort of quality on the field when you compare the two teams at kickoff might not be worlds apart like it normally would um, if City do rest as what we think they will do. Um, I just think for sort of final day, to me, there's so many games with, with nothing or very little to play for that from a betting point of view, it's often a day to just try and pick out a few little things at bigger odds for a bit of interest and to try and land something nice to sort of round off the season. I just think at 7-2, to two, Brentford's probably one of the better bets of the day in terms of value. OK, and Jamie, the goals market doesn't really get interesting until you go to over 3.5 in total. So this is currently priced at 6-4. to four. Do you reckon there'll be plenty of goals in the West London menu or will City ease off slightly on Sunday? Yeah, I think, I think they will. Um, obviously, we saw on Saturday, they did take their foot off, or Sunday, sorry, uh, against Chelsea. They did look like they almost took their foot off the gas, really. Um, I think Brentford are going to be well up for this one. And uh, as I mentioned in my long shot, um, obviously, I think that's all three of us agreeing that, that Brentford will come on top here. So, obviously, that's starting to look like quite a nice bet. Um, Brentford to win. I uh, do think it will be, you know, maybe a closely fought one. And uh, I think Brentford will just about come on top. So, I'm going to go for a low score in Brentford win. Um, but yeah, just think that given the fact that City are going to rest players, um, titles secured, Brentford as well, you know, obviously within a shot of getting Europe, there is the motivation to get their job done. They've had a fanta- another fantastic season under Thomas Frank. They want to build on that again and they'll want to finish strong. So I think there's lots of motivation there for, for Brentford to go and win. They've really shown a lot of quality, as I mentioned in, uh, in my long shot. And uh, yeah, I think Brentford come out on top, but I think it'll be a low scoring one. OK, we've got four quick-fire dead rubbers to finish with now. Craig, you're up first. You're off to the Emirates as Arsenal play host of Wolves. Now, you backed the Gunners to misfire last week. Are you doing the same this Sunday at home? How does the away win odds of 7-1 to one sound, considering it might be Union Lopetegui's last game in charge of Wolves? Yeah, definitely for me, this one. As I sort of just mentioned, I think these games are a case of just finding something quite small for interest that's at big odds. Um, and at 7-1, to one, why wouldn't you? Arsenal won't want to play this game whatsoever. Uh, let's not forget... This was sort of hailed as being their big celebration day a couple of months ago. And if I remember right, according to Twitter, which you always have to put inverted comma marks, um, tickets were selling for thousands of pounds a few weeks back to get to this game. And what a difference we've seen over the past uh, however many games it is now. Um, I would certainly not, not in a million years, be putting Arsenal in any accumulator at 4-11. to 11. That is for sure. This is the I, I see this game as looking at a similar type of banana skin to a to an away tie in the FA Cup third round against the lower league opposition. Um, nothing to play for, no interest, and a team a game that the big team, Arsenal in this case, just don't want to play at all. Um, so, yeah, why not back Wolves at 7-1? to one? Absolutely. Jamie, you're off to Selhurst Park as Crystal Palace by hosting Nottingham Forest. It could once again be Roy Hodgson's final game in charge of the Eagles. Do you reckon he'll get the perfect send-off with a home win, odds of 7-10? to 10? Yeah, I think he will. And uh, look, on, on one of the very first shows we did this season, I remember saying that I think it was going to be Nottingham Forest form at the city ground, which was going to keep them in the division. I think over the last couple of weeks, that's kind of proven to be right. 
Obviously, we saw them get that big win against Arsenal. Uh, they've won all of their last three games there. Um, but away from home, it's kind of been a very much a different story. Uh, they're without a win in nine away matches. Uh, they've lost eight of those games and uh, obviously face a Palace side who have done really well to kind of avoid uh, avoid the drop. Obviously, you know, Roy Hodgson coming in, he's done a fantastic job. I think they're up into 11th now or, or, or quite nearly as high as that. Obviously, I think they're above Chelsea as, as it stands. Um, so, yeah, they've obviously been really good. Um, I said as well, I think this was going to be one that might potentially let down the over 1.5 bet um, in each of the games. So I'm going to go for a low scoring Palace win and I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. Palace win at a, a quite a nice 4-1. to one. Now, Craig, Manchester United have been grinding out the wins to nil lately. It's almost got them over the top four line as we record. Can they do the same at the expense of Fulham on Sunday or to 2-1? to one? No, it'd be a slightly different approach for me to this one. Um, Fulham's carefree football from the beach, as we've been calling it, has seen them score a few goals recently. Yes. Um, I, I do think that Manchester United will beat Chelsea on Thursday night, so they will have the top four wrapped up by the time they get to this game. A very worst-case scenario, they'll take a point and still have it wrapped up, but I think they'll win that game. Um, I think they'll rest players for the FA Cup, and others are going to come in here and look to impress to try and get those minutes at the end of the FA Cup and maybe come on to try and change a game with 20 minutes left. So... I think it's a United team with nothing to play for, but maybe with individual players given a chance to show something, with something to play for, trying to get on the bench and uh, maybe get on the pitch when they play in the FA Cup final. Um, I think all of that's going to result in quite an open game, to be honest with you. And I think we'll see a few goals. So I'm going to combine Manchester United to win with over 3.5 goals, which is 15 to 8. Um, so I just think it'll be a United win, but I, I can see both teams attacking from the off. Yeah, I mean, Fulham have got Mitrovic back in the fold. He's scored in both games since his return. So he's kind of back in the groove. So I think a Fulham goal, actually, now you make that strong case, probably the better direction to go. So, yeah, I'll take that one at 15-8. to eight. Finally, Jamie, Southampton players to Liverpool. A lot's going to ride on what happens on Thursday between Man United and Chelsea. So it's sort of hard to assume if Liverpool are going to be in a top four race or not. Let's say they're not. So could the Saints have one last Premier League hurrah and sign off with a win at 6-1? to one, Or is there a far more logical bet that you'll be placing? Yeah, well, look, obviously, Liverpool are quite, uh, quite a big reason why Saints are uh, in the position they're in. Obviously, a team that have taken a lot of their best players. So maybe there might be that motivation there to kind of try and beat them one final time. But look, I think Southampton are a team that do not have the quality to beat Liverpool. I think Liverpool, they have been really good, obviously, putting this late run together for the top four. Um, as we said, I do think they will just fall short um, in, in that race to, to finish in the Champions League spots. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think this is going to be a pretty emphatic Liverpool win. Uh, you get Liverpool win over 3.5 goals, 6-4. Great price. Now, it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acker. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Uh, Premier League final day for me, and it's Everton to beat Bournemouth at 4-9. to nine. I just think Everton are going to be too strong. I think... We're all hoping and looking for drama at the bottom of the table on Sunday. But ultimately, Everton know what they've got to do. They know the task in front of them. And I think with Sean Dyche in charge, they've got a man who's going to be able to mould this team in a way to get a win, block out everything else that's going off, get his players on the pitch and grind out a win to keep them in the Premier League. Um, Bournemouth sort of on, on the beach as such, as, as we've sort of alluded to quite a few teams here. Um, I just think Everton's going to have too much for them. There's going to be too much sort of passion and desire about this Everton team. Get the job done, stay up. And I think it's Everton to beat Bournemouth at four to nine for me. I think our football beach is running out of deck chairs. But Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve for this week? 
Yeah, I'm going to go to Italy. And it's again, it's, it's the race for Europe. I mentioned last week. It's looking really exciting, and it still is. Obviously, lots of teams in contention for all the different competitions um, in Italy. Um, I'm going to go for Inter Milan though to do their job and secure Champions League football uh, again for next season. Obviously, they have got this massive Champions League final to look ahead to, um, but they host Atalanta on the weekend. I think they'll win at five to six. Um, as I said, just need to kind of get that win uh, to ensure they get that Champions, you know, that Champions League spot. They face an Atalanta side who are fifth and who will be looking to try and capitalise. Um, but I think that Inter Milan will have too much quality and will come up on top at five to six. OK, then I'm off to the King Power Stadium as Leicester play host to West Ham. And it really is win or bust for the Foxes on Sunday. They're going to look to stay in the division, obviously. And the Hammers may have the ideal opposition to help Dean Smith then earn all three points. Because with the Hammers now focusing on events in Prague very soon, do not be surprised if David Moyes rests his key names with a European final in mind. Should that be the case, it's only going to play in Leicester's hands even further. Of course, the Foxes do have home advantage, regardless of West Ham's lineup. So that's also going to be something that aids them on Sunday. Now, a win might not be enough to keep them up, but I do think Leicester are going to do their bit at odds of 19 to 20. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. And actually, although the Premier League season is ending this weekend, we've still got some episodes to come. So we're not having a rest till late June. So don't go anywhere. We've still got some shows to come. And of course, as mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Um, we'll see what mood I'm in next Wednesday. I'm either planning a trip to uh, to Ellen Road, maybe, um, or planning a trip to Accrington Stanley. We'll see. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this weekend's game of football. But from, from my point of view, very nervous, but just going to hope, hopefully enjoy the occasion. Looking forward to seeing how the Premier League pans out. And uh, yeah, like you said, next week we're back with a FA Cup special, Manchester United and Manchester City. So that should be good. Best of luck for your player final, mate. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good, thanks. And uh, obviously, delighted that the Premier League's coming to, coming to an end. Obviously, been a very tough season, as I mentioned, from a Spurs perspective. Um, but obviously, look, good luck to Craig and, and Barnes. They obviously really looking forward to that game. And again, just looking forward to most of the playoffs as well. I think there's going to be some exciting games there. I'm really interested to see who's going to be coming up to the Premier League next season. I think you've got two very unique teams. I've never seen either of those teams in my lifetime playing the Premier League. So it'll be interesting to kind of see who does come up between Luton and Coventry. So, uh, yeah, lots of exciting football to look forward to. Up the tykes. Right. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 